0: Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you instruct us in our word that we are to pray for those who rule over us and to do it with thanksgiving. And so we thank you for the religious freedom we have in our country, the chance to come and worship you openly. Lord, we're so blessed with so many freedoms in our country and we give you thanks as we think of our country we also confess our sins to you that we have forgotten you and imagine that we could do life without you. And so we are sorry for so many ways that we break your heart. We pray for our mayor and and county commissioners and and governor and senators and representatives and supreme court justices and Vice President and President, all those who rule over us, we pray that they would know you. We pray that you would give wisdom to, uh, to, to lead our land. We pray for our, our police and for our military who protect us, that you would protect them as they protect us. Oh, how we pray that our civil government would do what you've called them to do to protect us and how we pray for your church, that your church would be the church, that we would remember that only you can change human hearts. We pray for a revival in your church and a spiritual awakening in our land for you are our greatest need. We read in your word that when they had prayed, the place where they had gathered together was shaken And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness. And so we pray that as we open your word today that you Holy Spirit would fall fresh on us and we would be shaken and as we leave that we would speak your word with boldness. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen. have a question for you. Are you nomophobic? Nomophobic, are you? Um, this week, I was uh, thinking about prayer and uh, about prayer and how important prayer is. And then I began to think, I began to think of how much people love their phones and how people can't be celebrated from their phones. And then I began to wonder, what would it be like if we loved prayer as much as our phones? Or how, what would it be like if we loved our prayer more than our phones? And then, have you ever noticed people, it used to be you would watch a football game and everybody was watching the game. Now, if you see a picture, half the people are looking down. You notice that? So, so I thought, you know, I love Google, so I decided I would Google, I mean, there's a disorder for everything now, isn't there? So I thought I would Google separation from phone disorder. And here's what I found. Here's what I found. What nomophobic means is no mobile phone phobia. Now, I'm sure none of us suffer from that. But we probably know some people who do, right? So, so listen to what it says. Also known as cell phone addiction, smartphone separation anxiety <laughs> is set to become an increasingly widespread problem, researchers say. The term, which is known as nomophobia, is used to describe the feeling of panic or stress some people experience when they're unable to access or use their mobile phones. I mean, maybe... Has has your family or maybe business ever tried to have a tech-free meeting? Like Don, our executive pastor, tried to have some staff meetings that were like uh, tech-free, but like they would sneak them in in their underwear or whatever. (laughs) I mean, there is no way you're going to pry their phone from their hand, right? Wow. What would it be if prayer was like that? That you couldn't pry prayer out of our hands. You know what's funny is people will leave their bibles here and they'll never come back and get them. But when people leave their phone here, you know what they do? They come back to get their phone. Oh man, I was just my prayer is that it would be unimaginable for us to go without our phone. Unimaginable, I mean for us to leave. I don't need to pray for that unimaginable that we would leave home without prayer. And uh, to help us get there, the point of today's message is that prayer is a wartime walkie-talkie. What will what will make us sure that we have prayer with us before we leave is when we understand that prayer is not a domestic intercom given to make life more comfortable, but we're involved in a battle. We're involved in a war and prayer is how we stay in touch with our commander-in-chief to carry out our mission. If you have your Bible, turn with me to John 17. Uh, if you uh, don't, you can follow on the screens, but let me set this up a little bit. We're spending a couple weeks on prayer. Last week we looked at what we call the Lord's Prayer, but John 17 is really the Lord's Prayer, because John 7, uh, the Lord's Prayer is how Jesus taught us to pray. Jesus wouldn't have prayed that because Jesus wouldn't have needed to pray, forgive us our debts, Uh, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Um, John 17 is Jesus praying for us. It's the longest prayer of Jesus, I believe, uh, for us that's given. Um, And uh, I want you to know when it takes place on this last night. In in just a few hours, Jesus is going to be arrested. In a few hours, he's going to be on the cross. He, He loves his disciples. He's praying for them, and he's also praying for us. You do know Jesus is praying for us today, don't you? The Bible says after Jesus ascended into heaven, he sits at the Father's right hand and he intercedes for us. Does that excite you a little bit that Jesus is praying for you? And maybe if you wonder how does he pray for you, we get an idea in here. Uh, we also believe that our, Father is, is, that our God is one God, but, but within the one God there's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This is a front row seat to see the Son interceding with the Father, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit uh, together in prayer. I'm going to read the whole chapter, and, um, and then I'm going to make a few points for you because it would take us a long time to, um, to read the whole prayer together. So, so let, let's look at this. Jesus spoke these things, and lifting up his eyes to heaven, he said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son that the Son may glorify you, even as you gave him all authority over all flesh, that to all whom you have given he may give eternal life. This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Now notice that. Eternal life begins the moment we come to know Jesus. We get to do life with and for Jesus and eternity as well. I glorified you on the earth, having accomplished the work which you have given me to do. Jesus is right on accomplishing everything the Father has given him to do. Now, Father, glorify me together with yourself with the glory which I had with you before the world was. I have manifested your name to the men whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they have come to know that everything you have given me is from you. For the words which you gave me I have given to them, and they received them and truly understood that I came forth from you. And they believe that you sent me. I ask on their behalf. I do not ask on behalf of the world, but of those whom you have given me, for they are yours. And all things that are, your, are mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I have, glorify, I have been glorified in them. I am no longer in the world, and yet they themselves are in the world, and I come to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name the name which you have given me, that they may be one even as we are. While I was in with them, I was keeping them in your name, which you have given me, and I guarded them, and not one of them perished, but the son of perdition, so that the scripture would be fulfilled. But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, so that they may have my joy made full in themselves. is that cool? Jesus is praying what? For your... Joy, isn't it? That your, his joy would be made full in you. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they're not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I do not ask you to take them out of the world, but to keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I'm not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. For their sakes, I sanctify myself that they themselves also may be sanctified in truth. I do not ask on behalf of these alone, but for those who believe in me through their word. See, Jesus that night and today was praying not only for them, he was praying for us because we've come to believe in Jesus through their word. That they all may be one, even as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us so that the world may believe that you sent me. The glory which you have given me I have given to them that they may be one just as we are one. I in them and you in me that they may be perfected in unity so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you have loved me. Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me be with me where I am so that they may see my glory which you have given me for you loved me before the foundation of the world. No, I want you to notice that, that this is a, is a wartime wonky-tonky that Jesus is using. It's not a domestic intercom. Notice his prayer wasn't to make us more comfortable, was it? His prayer wasn't give them bigger houses and nicer cars and less troubles. It's not it, was it? No, no, his prayer for for Jesus, he was involved in a battle for souls, and he's praying with a wartime walkie-talkie to his father. So let's look at what Jesus prays for, because as we look at what Jesus prays for, we'll understand how we're to use prayer as a wartime walkie-talkie. It starts with, he prays for our mission, our mission, verse 18, as you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. Jesus is praying for us because he sent us into the world on a mission. And you say, well, well, what's the mission? (laughs) And he says, what? That our mission is tied into his mission, right? The more we understand the mission of Jesus, the more we'll understand why we're on earth. Because as you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. And Jesus tells us why he came into the world, didn't he? He says, for the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was lost. You ever look around the world and say, why is the world such a mess? You ever look around our country and say, why is everything so broken? Here's the bad news of the gospel. The problem is all of us at one time were lost separated from God, separated from one another, bumping into the things in the darkness. Our first parents were in paradise, but they said to God, no, we don't want to do life your way. We'd rather do life our way. And their sin wrecked everything, and we've all followed in their steps. Every one of us has pushed God away and said, no, we'd rather do life our way. You ever, not that your children ever did this to you, But you ever out somewhere and you see a little bitty kid and the parent tells them to do something and the little kid looks up and says, what? No! And when it's not your kid, it's funny, isn't it? (laughs) But when it's your kid, it's kind of like, I'm big, you're small, I brought you into the world, I could take you out of the world, right? God says what? I want first place in your life. And we look at God and say, what? No! And God says, what? Honor your father and mother. And we look look right into God's face and say, what? No! And God says, sex belongs in marriage. And we look into God's face and say, no! And God says, you shall not bear false witness. And we say, no! And God says, you shall not covet. And we look God in the face and say, No! I mean, if you're a parent and you get angry when your kids say to you, no, what do you imagine it's like for God? For the very people he's given life and breath to, and we look him in the face and say, no, we'd rather do life our way. Listen, the Bible says God is just, and we're in big trouble for saying no to God over and over again. God says what we deserve is his wrath. We deserve to be separated from God and from all good things forever. You say, Well, what do we do? What do we do then? That's the good part. Here's the good part. You see, here's the good news of the gospel for the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was lost. That Jesus is a Savior. Be- because we were lost and we couldn't save ourselves, Jesus came for us. Jesus is God the Son who put on flesh and came to earth. Jesus is unique, fully God, fully man came into the world in a unique way. He was born of a virgin. So though he was fully human, he didn't receive a sinful human nature like we did. So he was fully God, fully man, lived a perfect life for us. wasn't easy. Tempted in every way as we are without sin. No one was ever tempted like Jesus. Listen, he was tempted in all ways without sin, yet never sinned. And then he went to the cross. And on the cross he took all, all of our sins, all those times, we looked God in the face and said, no, and he took our sins and he paid for our sins in full. Uh, He died, he was buried, but on the third day he rose, proving he had conquered sin and death. Death is the penalty for sin. Having paid the penalty in full, Jesus walked out proving he had conquered sin and death and he offers us the greatest gift ever, the gift of eternal life. He offers to forgive our sins. He offers us the chance to do life to do life with him and for him. He offers us the chance to do eternity with him and for him. I mean, people are forever. All of us will do life with and for him and eternity with and for him, or we will do life without him and without him forever. Won't you choose to do life and eternity with him? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. The way we find forgiveness, the way we get to do life with and for him is we believe in Jesus. And that's as simple as A, B, C, that we admit and believe and commit. It starts when we admit to, to Jesus, Jesus, we've sinned against, I've sinned against you and I'm sorry. And if you haven't done that, won't you? That's what the Bible means about repentance. It means we change our mind about ourselves and realize we're sinners. And so we admit that, Lord, you're right. I'm a sinner and I'm sorry. We admit. We believe. We say, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose. And if you haven't, won't you? And then we commit to Jesus as Savior and Lord Jesus. I'm going to trust in you and what you did for me on the cross and not my good works. I want you to be my Savior. I want you to give me eternal life, won't you? And then I want you to be Lord of my life. And that means a surrender. It means, Jesus, you can run my life better than me. So today I turn over control of my life, and you lead and I follow. And listen, if you've not done that, won't you? Won't you admit and believe and commit? And if you have, then remember, now you're a Christian, now Jesus is leading and you're following, right? And we get to do life with and for him, not just eternity. So what was his mission? His mission was to seek and save the lost. And so he lived a perfect life and he died and he rose, but that's not all. Do you know what else Jesus did while he was here on earth? Not only did he do that, but he gathered his disciples together. He gathered disciples together, and he trained them. He trained them to make disciples, and then his last command to them was he said, go and make disciples of all the nations. And then he gave them the Holy Spirit so they would do it. And they made disciples who made disciples who made disciples, and that's why we're here today, because they did what Jesus commanded them. And so his last command for us, his last command for us, is that we would go and make disciples, who make disciples, who make disciples, until all the people in our county and the world are one to Christ. That's what He's told us to do. And so this year, on our disciple making adventure, we've asked, "Well, what is a disciple?" And we said, "A disciple is a follower of Jesus. A disciple is someone who's come to believe in Jesus, and, and Jesus says, "Follow me." And we say, "Lord, we want to. Is that you?" Is that the desire of your heart to follow Jesus? He says, follow me. That's what a disciple is. And then we've asked, well, what does it look like? What does it look like to follow Jesus? And we said a disciple has three great loves. A disciple loves Jesus. Do you? Do you love him? Do you want to know him? Do you want to follow him? Is that the consuming desire of your life? A disciple loves one another. A disciple loves to gather together to encourage and be encouraged. Do you? And we've learned that a disciple loves the lost. A disciple has people on his heart, people that he knows and loves and wants to see them come to faith in Christ. Is that true of you? (laughs) Listen, if we're going to love Jesus, if we're going to love one another, that's not easy. If we're going to love lost people, prayer... Is going to be an important part of our life. And understanding that prayer is a wartime walkie talkie that Jesus has given to us because he's given us a mission. Whatever you need for the mission, ask and I'll supply it. Now, we're not much, but we're all they've got. How about in our family? we're not much but we're all they got aren't we who else in our family is going to invite people to come and see Jesus listen who else on our team who else in in our office who else in our neighborhood why do you think we live where we live who else in our neighborhood is going to share the gospel with people who did you know that Jesus Jesus is praying for you. I want to encourage you. He's praying for you. Did you hear that? As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. He sent you into your class, into your team, into your neighborhood, and he's praying for you. Are you praying? Listen, Jesus is praying for you to make disciples where you live and work and play. He's given you the Holy Spirit. He's given you prayer. Hey, whatever you need, whatever you need, ask for it. He's given you a church to equip you. You can do it. You can do it, and, and we can help. Listen, we have some really, really nice little cards. there are at the Resource Center called Come and See Jesus. Why don't you pick up some and have them in your pocket or have them in your purse? And when you're talking with someone and and they don't have a church home, why don't you invite them? Hey, come and see Jesus. You can do it. You can do it. Hey, listen. Jesus has given you prayer. Who's on your heart? Are you praying for them? Do you talk to Jesus about the people? And then do you go and talk to the people about Jesus? Do you? You can share the gospel with people. You complain to me all the time. You hear it every week. I've heard it a thousand times. That's very intentional. You can do it. You can share with someone the bad news and the good news and plead with them to come to faith in Christ. You can do it in your sleep. You've heard it so many times. Some of you say, well, listen, okay, we have a Do You Know booklet. It's at the Resource Center. Who is on your heart? Pray for them. Go, read it to them. See if Jesus doesn't show up. Listen, prayer is a wartime walkie-talkie. Jesus has given it to us because he's given us a mission. Do you pray, Lord? Open their hearts. Give me the opportunity. Give me the courage. Um, Prayer is a wartime walkie-talkie. Jesus prays for our mission. That we would make disciples. He prays for us because it's a dangerous mission. So he prays for our protection. Our protection in a dangerous mission. But now I come to you and these things I, I speak to you so that they may have my joy made full in themselves. I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they're not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Jesus is praying for us because he knows that as we go and make disciples, he's praying that we would find joy with those who hear, that we would find hunger, but not be shocked and not be defeated when we encounter hostility or hatred. I mean, sometimes. And, and what he's praying is that we would expect joy, that we would expect hunger We would expect that people would want to know Jesus, but we wouldn't be defeated when we find hostility or hatred. Isn't that what Jesus experienced, wasn't it? When Jesus shared the gospel, often there was what? Joy, wasn't there? Often there was hunger, and people came to faith in Christ. but, But sometime there was hostility, and sometime there was hatred, and they nailed him to a cross. Jesus is praying for us that, listen, that that we would expect hunger and, and joy, but not be defeated, not be sidelined by hatred or hostility. I told you it's a dangerous mission. Listen, I do not ask you to take them out of the world, but to keep them from the evil one. Jesus has parachuted us into the enemy's territory. Did you know that? No Christian at any time in any culture on earth should ever feel at home. One more time. No Christian at any time in human history should ever feel at home in any culture because the Bible says we are strangers and aliens on earth and that we are here on behalf of others. And so we're operating behind enemy lines, and we have an enemy whose name is Satan, and he's holding people captive. He's holding people captive, and we've been parachuted to cross enemy territory and to set prisoners free. It's important we understand uh, lost people are not our enemy, but they are held captive by our enemy. And so Jesus is praying for us because we're working in enemy territory and, and, and to get to the enemy and set prisoners free, he's praying that we wouldn't be blown up by landmines. <laughs> I, I often tell you there's, there's two cliffs that, that we can fall off of and, and that's so true. It's so true when it comes to our mission. You see, Jesus is praying that we would be in the world but not be of the world, and yet before the world. Did you hear that? I do not ask you to take them out of the world, but to keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. Now, our enemy lays minds in two places. One place that can really sideline us, and Jesus is praying against, is that we would conform to the world. If we are in the world and of the world, we can't accomplish our mission. If we let the world squeeze us into its mold, if we're just like everybody around us, if we conform to materialism or busyness or immorality, we're not able to accomplish our mission. So Jesus prays. That that wouldn't happen to us. Well, the opposite cliff, the opposite cliff is there are other Christians who withdraw from the world. They don't want to conform to the world, so they withdraw. They move out. Um, they're out of the world, and we can't accomplish our mission if we retreat out of the world. So many Christians live in a holy huddle. They they go to church. They play golf with Christians. They go on vacation with Christians. They they want to be away from the world. Often filled with pessimism, nobody wants what I have. Huh. I mean, do you really think you're that smart? That you wanted it and nobody else did? Oh, but listen, Jesus is praying that we wouldn't be conformed to this world, that we wouldn't withdraw from the world. So he's praying we would be in the world, but not of the world, and yet for the world. And, and of course we say, well, how do you do that? We've been given a written record of the life of Jesus. Jesus is our model. Do you want to know what it's like to be in the world and yet not of the world and before the world Jesus says what? Follow me. Follow me. If we really believed there were landmines, wouldn't we open the word and wouldn't we pray and wouldn't we step stay close to Jesus so we don't get blown up, wouldn't we? Jesus was in the world. He didn't save us by some fiat from heaven. He moved into the neighborhood. He was here for 33 years. He was in the world. And he wants us to be in the world. <laughs> and yet he was not of the world. He became like us in every way except one. He never sinned. And that's what Jesus wants us to be. In but not of. Are you staying close to him? I mean, there's minds around. They're everywhere. Listen, stay close, right? And lastly, he was for the world. Did you know Jesus was for the world? Uh, Jesus went to weddings. Jesus ate with people. Jesus drank with people. Matter of fact, Jesus had such a good time, the religious leaders were convinced he was doing something wrong. And they said what they called him, what did they call him? A drunk and a glutton. Oh. Jesus is praying for us that as we carry out our dangerous mission behind enemy lines we would expect joy, we would expect hunger but not be surprised when we encounter hostility or hatred and he's praying that we would follow his example so that we wouldn't get blown up by being conformed or withdrawing from the world but we would follow in his steps and be in and not of and yet for the world. So he's praying for our mission, he's He's praying for our protection. He's praying for our unity. Did you know that Jesus was praying that we'd get along? His last night, a few hours before he's on the cross, and he's praying that we'd get along. I do not ask on behalf uh, of these alone, but for those who believe in me through their word, that they may all be one. Even as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you sent me. Jesus prays for our unity because making disciples who make disciples who make disciples is a team effort, and we need each other to pull it off. Oh, how many times I hear people say, Well, you know, Smiley, I love Jesus. It's just his church I can't stand. (laughs) No, Jesus said, now notice, first of all, I want you to get the standard of unity he's praying for. Did you hear that? That they may be one, even as you, Father, are in me and I in you. The standard he's praying for is that we as a church, our unity would be like that of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then here's the reason for it. Here's the power, so that the world may believe that you sent me. You see that word, so that? Do you know that's in there 979 times in the Bible? It's the so that. (laughs) He's praying that, that our unity would be like the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So that the people would know that the Father sent the Son into the world. Jesus probably thought we needed more, so he does it again. The glory which you have given me... I have given to to them that they may be one just as we are one. I and them and you and me, that they may be perfected in unity. He prays that we would get along. Why? So that the world may know that you sent me. It's our unity that shows the world that Jesus was sent from the Father, that you sent me and love them even as you have loved me. Know why I pray a lot? It's really hard to get along, isn't it? But it's really, really important, isn't it? Father, make us one so the world would know that you sent your son. Now, uh, that unity, that unity is so powerful. It's my story. I was invited to Young Life I walked into a group of people. It was the love and joy of the people. It was that unity that said, I don't know what these people have, but I want it. And person after person has shared their story with me. They were invited to church. There was a unity in the people. There was a love and joy. I want what these people have. Do you pray for that? Do you pray that our unity would convince people who walk in that the Father sent the Son? Now, I want you to know, most people, they start at the largest level possible, and they say, well, Smiley, why don't all the denominations get along? And, and I want you to know, I, I have the opposite. I start at the smallest level possible. Uh, I, I, I go to the Rudy Giuliani School. Rudy Giuliani, when he took over as mayor of New York City, there were all kinds of big problems in New York City, but what he started doing was he started painting over graffiti and he started fixing cracked windows. And people said, why are you doing such little things when there's so many big things? And you know what he said? If you take care of the little things, the big things will take care of themselves. You know where I start? I pray for my marriage. I pray that my wife and I would be one. So the world would know that Jesus was sent from the Father. Do you if you're married? And, and then I pray for our small group that I'm a part of. Father, make us one, so the world would know. And, and then I pray for our church, Father and I pray for both of our campuses. Father, make us one that the world would know. Do you pray that? Oh, what a little insight into Jesus and what it means to have a prayer as a prayer essay, wartime walkie-talkie involved in a battle that matters. Jesus prays for our mission, and he prays for our protection, and he prays for our unity. And then Jesus hands each of us prayer. Here, here's my gift to you. I've shown you how to use it. And then he says what the action step is for the week. Don't leave home without it. Don't leave home without it. And listen, when you understand Jesus has sent you into your neighborhood and school and office on a mission, you won't leave home without it. And when you know that as you carry out that mission, you might encounter hostility and hatred as well as joy and hunger. Listen, you won't leave home without it. When you understand that our unity is what shows the world the Father sent Jesus into the world, you won't leave home without it matter of fact i wake up each morning and i spend time with jesus in his word and prayer and some of you say oh well smiley you're so good listen if i was good i wouldn't start each day with jesus i wouldn't need him would i oh no the the reason the reason i spend time with jesus is i know there's only one good person his name is jesus But it makes a difference in my life when I spend time with him. Don't you? Oh. And when I wake up in the morning and I spend time with Jesus, then I read his word and I read, as you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. And and so I remember that my eternity is secure and I am here for others. And so I begin to pray that as I go out today, help me to make disciples where I live and work and play. Help me. And after I pray for myself, then I begin to pray for you. And you, and you, that you would realize that Jesus has sent you on a mission, that Jesus is praying for you, and that you live where you live because he has a purpose for your life. And then I I read, but now I come to you, and these things I speak to you, uh, in the world, so that they may have my joy made full in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they're not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Do you know why I don't leave home without praying? I don't like to be hated. Do you like to be hated? Do you like hostility? Do you? Uh, I am such a coward. And that's why I start each day with prayer. Oh, Lord, give me courage. Give me courage to speak up. Help me to expect joy. Help me to expect hunger, but help me not to be undone when I encounter hostility or hatred. And then I pray for you because I know you don't like to be hated. You don't like hostility. And so I pray for you. I pray for you just like Jesus does. And then I read how Jesus says that we're to be in the world without being of the world and yet for the world. And say, I say, Jesus, I don't want to get blown up. I want to stay close to you. Help me to follow you into the world without becoming of the world and yet for the world. And then I pray for you. Because the mission matters. Oh. And then I read that they may all be one even as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may be in us so that the world may believe that you sent me. Oh, Father, help me to love my wife. Help me to love the people in our church. Help us to love each other so well that people will know that Jesus was sent from the Father. And being reminded of the mission, and how dangerous it is, and how important unity is. Listen, I don't leave home without prayer. Why would you? And so I I start in prayer. I, I take prayer with me, and when I get in the car and I start driving here, I drive down my street, and I start praying for my neighbors. Do you pray for yours? Lord, open a door. Blast open a door for a gospel conversation with my neighbors. Do you pray for yours? And then I'm driving here. Do, do you notice all the new subdivisions going up? Do you pray for them, do you? Oh, I've been praying, Lord, give us one disciple in each community. May we reach one person. May we train them to make disciples and then give them a heart to win their neighbors and their neighbors and the neighbors till everyone in that development has reached for Christ. Is that how you pray? Do you take prayer with you when you're in the car? Do you take it? Driving to lunch and, and praying for the people. I'll meet in the restaurant praying that if they don't know you, that they would know you. Uh, I, I'm, trying, I'm trying in the restaurant to put my phone down when I'm waiting for someone and to look at all the people who come in and to pray for them. Mm. Our mission matters. It's dangerous. Our unity matters. And that's why Jesus has given us prayer. Prayer is a wartime walkie talkie. Don't leave home without it. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for coming on a mission to seek and save the lost. Thank you for living that perfect life, for dying and and rising so that we sinners like us could have eternal life. Listen, if you're here today and you'd like to be forgiven, you'd rather do, do life and eternity with Jesus than without him, won't you believe? I mean, he's here. Won't you admit to him? Jesus, I admit to you that I've sinned against you and I'm sorry. And won't you believe, won't you tell Jesus, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose. And won't you commit, Jesus, I want you to be my savior and forgive me and and give me eternal life. I want you to be Lord of my life. Help me be the person you want me to be. Oh, listen, if you've prayed that for the first time, remember Jesus said whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Way to go. Mark it on your card. Tell someone. It'll make Jesus more real to you. And Jesus, we're so thankful that when you were here, you trained disciples, and you sent them out, and they made disciples, and they made disciples, and that's why we're here today. And may we be those people for others. Thank you for the gift of prayer. May we pick up prayer this week. May it be more precious to us than our phones. And may we start our day with you in prayer. And may we be in contact with you throughout the day, praying for our mission, praying for protection, Mm -hmm. praying for our unity. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.